It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. It's time for a Jesus Revolution. Have you seen the movie? It is a great movie. And my guest today, Pastor John Raymond, has some firsthand knowledge of the Jesus Revolution. You see, he is part of Calvary Chapel that began that movement back in the late 60s and early 70s. And he and I are going to have a conversation about can a movement like that happen again? I believe with my whole heart that God is preparing us for another Jesus revolution. Good morning, Pastor John. How are you doing? Good morning, Ron. I am awesome. Good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice. And uh, Pastor John, we go back a little ways, and uh, you are a man that I've always admired and respected from your church to building a radio station. And then the other day I was having a conversation with you because I saw a picture of you, you posted on Facebook, standing next to Greg Laurie. You know about the Jesus revolution firsthand, and that's why I wanted to talk about that today. And later, I want to tell the listeners, this is a man that was on the TV show Survivor, so lots of good things to talk about. But first, the Jesus revolution, the movie. Tell us a little bit about your experience with Pastor Greg Laurie. My wife and I lived in Southern California, Ron, uh, for the better part of a decade in the 90s. And we were able to get introduced to um, to Greg Laurie and to Calvary Chapels, and we ended up loving that church. We were part of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside at the time, and uh, we just loved it. You know, Greg Laurie has a way of just preaching that's so relatable and so easy to listen to, but it also digs deep into the Word of God. So it was refreshing on both ends of that spectrum. You know, sometimes you'll hear sermons that are theologically accurate and great and deep. But it's just not very relatable. Other times you'll hear relatable sermons that are filled with a bunch of stories, but you just don't really get fed from the deep waters of the Word of God. Greg has a way of going through that. I think he's gifted as an evangelist as well as a pastor, and he blends the two together very well. And so uh, we were extremely happy there. The, uh, our children uh, went to his uh, little Christian school there that he started, and I would help Greg and the staff on the uh, field at Angel Stadium when we were having the Harvest Crusades, and I would uh, be one of the ones out there that would counsel those that would come forward to give their life to Christ, and it was just a wonderful experience, you know, played softball on the church softball team and everything, and uh, it was just an awesome church to be a part of. Now, when you saw the movie, Jesus Revolution, was it accurate to what you know about hearing from stories from Greg? I'm glad you asked that question, Ron. You know, so many times you see a movie and it might say things like based on true events or, you know, based on a true story or something. Uh, This one was not only based on a true story, but now having become a Calvary Chapel senior pastor myself and starting our own church, uh, New Horizon Church in Slidell and being a Calvary Chapel and uh, having been uh, prayed for and ordained in the ministry by Pastor Greg and coming out, I was able to be a part of 
that Calvary Chapel movement and attend the pastors' conferences and spend time with Pastor Chuck Smith and Pastor Greg. And all of these stories that you see in the movie are the the legendary true stories that, you know, they still talk about today. I mean, you'll be kicking around with a table at dinner with a bunch of Calvary Chapel pastors and one of them will pipe up with another one of these stories and it just resonates so true. And that's one of the things I was actually very pleased with because I was a little bit suspicious, like, ah, let's see how close to real this is. But that was really the way it happened, according to so many eyewitnesses that I've been able to speak to. You know, Pastor John, I invited friends there. I rented out a movie theater and I invited friends and through the radio and podcast, people were there. They did not know what to expect. And there's a lot younger, so they obviously weren't alive during that time. But they left very inspired. In fact, my yeah. phone for a few days was getting all kinds of text messages that people were moved. They wanted to begin doing something to reach the individuals that will not go to church that are out there searching for something. I think this movie could be a catalyst for something even bigger that God has planned. What do you think? I'm in a hundred percent agreement. You see what's happening at uh, Asbury and the revival there, but it's not just there. It's all over in many college campuses and not only in other countries, but things are happening right here domestically. It's not uncommon that we hear about international revivals taking place, but to have a move of God right here in the United States is powerful. And that's exactly what happened back in the sixties in the hippie generation in Southern California with Lonnie Frisbee and Greg Laurie and Skip Heitzig and Mike McIntosh and uh, all of these other, you know, young men who grew up. And, man, they, you know, the, the joke going around the Calvary Chapel conferences is like, if you want to be a Calvary Chapel pastor, be on drugs, marry a hot wife, and build a megachurch. And it was just, we would laugh <laughs> at that. But, you know, I remember looking at Outreach Magazine, I don't know, a decade or so ago, and it, it lists all the, the, the top 100 largest churches in the country. And uh, out of the top 100 churches, the largest churches in the country, 10 of them were part of the Southern Baptist denomination, and 11 of them were Calvary Chapel churches. So in other words, Calvary Chapel had, had the, at least a decade ago, had the, lo- the most number of the largest 100 churches in America. Now, when you come out to our area, our Calvary Chapels are just medium-sized, small churches. But if you went out to Southern California, Ron, and you stuck a sign up and said Calvary Chapel, you'd have a thousand people show up on your first day just because you were flying the dove. You know, it was crazy. Uh, and I think that th- that same spirit, that same move of God that's opening up the doors of the church and the Holy Spirit's bringing in a fresh wind, I think the same thing is happening right now today. And I don't think it's an accident at all that this movie is coming out right now uh, because I-, I truly believe and resonate with what you're saying. Something is going on in the country. And I think we would be wise and obedient to be a part of it. God is up to something. What would you tell someone that wants to be a part of reaching a generation that is searching for answers, the truth? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like the Bible calls us to, we should always be ready to give an account for our faith to those who are seeking it and doing it with gentleness and respect. And so many people out there right now are lost and confused and wondering what's going on. Uh, I would say one thing to do is uh, be part of a church that has an open door policy and that is not so much religious as it is 
just in love with Jesus. And that's what Chuck Smith brought to Calvary Chapel. The little church there uh, in Costa Mesa was called Calvary Chapel, and Pastor Chuck went there, and they had a small congregation of middle-aged to older people. Next thing you know, these hippies start showing up, and he's like, I don't want to have anything to do with these people. And his wife was such a sweet angel. She's like, you know, we need to reach these kids. And so he would open the door. Well, he had a lot of pushback from the people in his church because they were sort of the typical religious-minded, you know, people that we see a lot of. One complaint, and it shows it in the movie, was that um, they were saying, hey, we just put this carpet in the church. Those hippies are coming in with their flip-flops and sandals and harachis, and they're bringing the sand in, and it's going to wear out the carpet. And so Pastor Chuck says, okay, I understand. We'll take care of the problem. Well, they thought he meant that he was going to keep the hippies out. Instead, on the next Sunday, he had ripped up the carpet from the church, (laughs) and they were coming in, and he was literally washing the feet, and they were coming into the church. And and that's a true story. That really happened. So if somebody wants to be involved with what God's doing, I would say be very sure to get involved with a church or a pastor or ministry, some type of organization that it's all about reaching people for Christ, uh, not performing some type of religion, uh, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, uh, it does. And a lot of my conversations, uh, Pastor John, with people around the gym and that, is people, they kind of gravitate over to world events. And I always say, listen, we can never lose faith in God. God is not asleep. God sees what's happening. And I believe there's a movement or he's, people are raising up that he's going to use to uh, usher in this movement. Am, am I crazy? No, you're exactly right. In fact, you look at, you look at what happened in the, in the time of, of the Calvary Chapel movement when that first started. And it really was, Ron, a, a, a bleeding of the church, the evangelical community where the children would grow up in Sunday school and then they'd become adults, they'd get a car and they'd go off to college and they'd leave the church and they wouldn't come back because they weren't, they weren't feeling uh, the excitement or the fire or the relationship, the intimacy with God that they were looking for. And it was just more religious. And then when, uh, when pastors Chuck started reaching these hippies, they started gravitating to it like crazy and uh, because they felt the authenticity, they, they felt the genuineness of the love of that. And they were seeking God. They weren't seeking religion. And the funny thing is, you know, Chuck Gerard and uh, Love Song and these bands and all that, they would come in. These hippies would ask Pastor Chuck, well, can we bring our, 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 our music in? Can we bring our guitars and our instruments and our drums? Well, you never heard of drums in the church at that time. I mean, drums were Satan's music. I mean, you know, you don't have the beat of a drum uh, in the church. and so Pastor Chuck was like, hey, as long as you're singing about Jesus, bring that stuff in. So all they knew was rock music. And so they just started putting Christian lyrics to kind of the melodies and, and the tempo of the music that they would already play. And thus was launched what we now call contemporary Christian music. And it formulated into Maranatha music. And then, of course, Lonnie Frisbee later on started vineyard churches, which turned into vineyard music and all that. But what most people don't know, and you and I have been so fortunate to be a part of, Ron, in the radio industry, is that Calvary Chapel literally created, started what's called now contemporary Christian music. And it just resonated with with the generation at that time. And I think right now we're mirroring that in that we have a generation of young people now who are growing up without God. They're angry. They're confused. They've been looking for answers. The world's told them one story, but they're not buying it anymore. And they're open 
And so if we can resonate with that openness and if we can give them the truth of God's word and connect them to Jesus Christ personally, I think that's why you're seeing a, a sort of a revival going on right now. Yeah. People are hungry. People are searching. And all of a sudden they see this movie and hope comes alive. Could it be possible? They think a lot of them think, could it be possible? Could God do this again? And they feel alive. And I tell people, yes, he not only can do it again, I believe he will do it again. And I think we'll see something in, in our lifetime. Exactly. Well, you know, and the Bible tells us that in the last days, he'll pour out his spirit and uh, there'll be visions and dreams and people will be really on fire again about the Lord. And, you know, we're at a place in time now, and, and Ron, I know you and I are very in touch with what's going on politically in the world and in the country and things like that. And, and we're in a situation where so many people are fed up with the status quo and the typical political fights and all of these kind of things. And, and they're looking for the real answers and they'll find those in Jesus Christ. And they're not going to find them in the world. They're not going to find them in worldly success or the world's definition of success. And you're right. The more we can steer people to, to Jesus and the more they can be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And it has to be a personal thing. I guess that's a point I'd like to make is that we see what happened with Calvary Chapel. We see what happened in the 60s. We see what's happening right now with certain revivals around the country and things. But if somebody wants to be a part of that, let me just say this to those listening. Make it happen in you. Don't worry about finding it. Just be concerned about being it. You know, you be the one to start that revival in your heart with Jesus. You get in touch with Christ and watch what he will put you in touch with what he's doing in others. He'll connect you. Don't worry about finding it. Just worrying about allowing God to do it in you and you'll realize you're a part of it. Wow. So well put. Uh, I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I want you to tell the listeners about your experience on the television show Survivor. That's right, listeners. One day I'm watching Survivor and I said, that's Pastor John Raymond. He's on Survivor. We're going to talk about that right after the break. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles and real hope. The year 1969, a movement impacted the nation. These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. From Lionsgate Films and the creators of I Can Only Imagine, Jesus Revolution. There is an entire generation searching. Starring Kelsey Grammer. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. When you open your heart... They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They need our help. All right, Pastor, let's begin. There's room for everyone. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're going to need a bigger church. Based on a true story, Jesus Revolution. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home. And I want you to tell all your friends about it. Jesus Revolution. It's time for Jesus Revolution Let's get down on our knees and start a movement Let the church come back to life Let our faith begin to rise As we pray, Lord, revive our spirit again We need a Jesus Revolution 
Listeners, welcome back. On the phone with me is Pastor John Raymond from Slidell, Louisiana. And Pastor John, tell us about your experience with that TV reality show, Survivor. Yeah, that was that was crazy. You know, we were having a church uh, Super Bowl party one day. And, uh, you know, a bunch of guys eating chicken wings and watching the Super Bowl on the big screen at church and everything. And they had an advertisement for this new show coming out. I didn't even know what reality TV was at the time. And it showed scenes from the Australian outback with people running through the woods and lighting torches. And but I'm like, man, this is a show. This is awesome. And then it had a little blurb that said, if you want to be, if you think you have what it takes to be a survivor, log on to CBS.com and apply. Well, as soon as the our ministry time was over, I was on my computer downloading an application. And uh, I said, man, I got to do this. I thought they're playing my game and they didn't even ask my permission. You know, what's going on? I grew up in Louisiana, Ron. I mean, we've been doing this our whole <laughs> life. Right? And so I thought, this is, this is a game that was written for me. So I applied, and uh, the application process alone was phenomenal. About 50,000 people, 50 to 60,000 people per season apply to be on that reality show. I don't know if people know that, but it's some very popular, you know, people want to go to that. And so, you know, I've turned in my application, too, and didn't hear anything for a long time. And finally, I got the call that uh, somebody wanted to talk. In fact, I'll tell you, you know, this is kind of an interesting story. So, um I had a funeral to do that day, um, and I was at the home of the the deceased, and we were ministering to people and helping them go through the grieving process and sharing the love of Jesus with those uh, who were open to it and all of that. And, and my cell phone rings, and I answer it, and uh, the per- person on the other end of the line says, hello, is this John Raymond? And I said, yes, it is. And she says, well, my name is Lynn Spillman. I'm the casting director for uh, the uh, Survivor Entertainment Group. Uh, do you have a minute to speak on the phone? And I said, well, I'm at the home of a family. We just had a funeral in the family. And I said, so if you think I'm going to scream, let me know now because I need to step outside. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, Pastor, you need to step outside. <laughs> so I stepped outside and she said, we'd love to um, um, to have you, uh, you know, at the you know, the next level of the the audition process and all that. So it was fantastic. I had to go and audition. Uh, I auditioned, in fact, twice, once in Austin. And uh, that was for season three. And I was told then, they said, listen, season three is all booked up, but we definitely want you on the show. And so we're going to bring you back for season four. I said, okay, that's fantastic. They said, you don't even need to apply. So when, when season three is over, don't worry, we're bringing you in. We're going to put you on season four. I said, okay, fantastic. Well, season four comes and goes, Ron, and they never called. I'm like, what happened? I didn't change my number. They told me not even to apply, so I didn't apply, whatever. And so the next season, I applied again, and they called me again. I went in this time I interviewed in New Orleans. Uh, I asked them what happened, and they said, oh, yeah, you're the guy that was with this certain assistant producer. Uh, but she moved on to Big Brother, that reality show, Big Brother. And so you know, her caseload just kind of got dropped through, uh, fell through the cracks. And so, sorry, we kind of you kind of missed out. So it was interesting. I'm glad that I persisted and didn't take it personally. And I, I auditioned again for um, season five. And that's when they uh, that's when they selected me to go. I mean, we could talk for hours about this, Ron. But if you have any particular questions, let me know. We had a chance to go on uh, the island in Thailand. Uh, season five, and it was just an incredible experience. CBS is just an amazing 
an amazing organization, Mark Burnett, and uh, so many things he's done now for the Christian world in, in producing and things. So it was it was amazing. You were a preacher at that time, right? You were a pastor. So did That's you right. have an opportunity to even share God with the the people on Survivor? Man, I'm so glad you asked me that question, Ron. Uh, and again, I got so many experiences and memories from that that it's just hard for me to pull them out one at a time. But uh, I remember going in, and it's a phenomenal just story, just hearing about that whole interview process and how clandestine it is. You feel like you're on some kind of a spy movie. There, You can't use your real names. I mean, all types of stuff. They sequester you because they don't want anybody making alliances before the game and all of that. They narrowed it down from 50,000 down to 800 to the different interviews in the cities down to 50. And we were carted off to Santa Monica and sequestered uh, in, the, in, a, in a hotel for two weeks as they vetted us out through everything from IQ tests and personality tests and, and everything, your knowledge about the game and interviews with all the producers and all that. And I remember making it to the point that we went, they, they brought me in to interview with Mark Burnett. Now, Mark Burnett uh, started the Eco Challenge and he's, he's a prolific producer and has done so many wonderful things. And I walked in and he's in this huge suite uh, at the top floor presidential suite of the Santa Monica Hotel overlooking the ocean and everything. And here he is sitting in this on this beautiful couch and we sit down and I think, man, I'm sitting here talking to Mark Burnett. I mean, what is up? I'm here on this little preacher in southern Louisiana talking to one of the best producers in Hollywood. This is a real funny thing. So he would say, well, now you're a pastor, aren't you, John? So yeah, I'm a pastor. And he says, well, listen, we'll get to the interview in a minute. He said, but let me just ask, can I just ask you a couple of questions about your faith and things? I said, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm thinking, we're going to start the interview you know, later on. We're just going to have a little chat right now. So he starts talking to me about my faith. And he says, you know, I have other people that come in. They're from other faiths. I had this Mormon person that was here, and they think they're the only ones that are going to be in heaven. And then you have this other person, a Buddhist. They think they're the only ones that's going to be. What do you think about that? And I said, well, you know, to be honest with you, Mark, I said, I don't know everybody has their different kind of faith, but as a Christian, what that means by definition is I believe the Bible. I believe in Christ and his word. And so the Bible is pretty clear that Jesus is the only way. Uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I believe that Christians are the only ones that can be saved because Christ is the only one who's qualified to save anybody. I said, now, I don't say that from a judgmental tone of anyone else, but if you're going to believe the Bible, then that's that's what you have to believe. And he says, okay, well— and, he'd, and he said, well, we'll start the interview in just a minute, but let me ask you this question. And we, he'd ask me another question about the Bible. And he would say, he'd say, okay, well, uh, before we get to the interview, let me ask you just another question. And, and Ron, we talked for well over 30 minutes on just biblical stuff and me sharing my faith. And literally, there was multiple moments when I felt like, man, this is like the Apostle Paul before, you know, the Sanhedrin. This is like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the testimony of, of the gospel of Christ here to this very powerful producer. And he had just started dating Roma Downey at the time. She was on Touch by Angel. And uh, so she's a believer and all of that. And and so he was really curious. And, and what I kind of connected the dots later was that he was probably really asking about his own faith. Here he is dating this woman who's a dedicated Christian. And he's grown up in England and thinking a lot of different things. And so he was really trying to narrow down what his own faith was and in, in which he shared with me that. Wow. And so then at the end of it, he finally said, um, okay, well, thanks for coming in. Great interview. And that was it. And so what I realized is that he never got to the interview. That was the interview. <laughs> and, uh, 
And then right after that, it wasn't long after that, he married Roma Downey. Then they started producing things like The Son of God and other Christian things. And I'm like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if my conversation with him at a very key juncture in his life had anything to do with anchoring him in the Christian faith. I mean, that's not something I would want to take credit for, but I do know that God uses each and every one of us in those small little conversations that we can have. When you plant a seed, God causes the increase. And and I truly believe that the Lord put me there at a very special place in time. And those seeds were planted that I think has grown into a lot of great things for the kingdom. Wow. Wow. So, what a way. Uh, we're just about out of time. What a way to end up. That is a powerful statement. I do believe that God places each of us in every position, whether it's the donut shop, Walmart, or over at Horizon uh, uh, Church in uh, New Horizon in Slidell. Now, uh, Pastor John, before we go, the title of the show is Get the Hell Out of Your Life. So how do you get the hell out of your life? <laughs> Yeah, Ron, that's an interesting title. Get the hell out of your life. Yeah, you know, we've been created for eternity. The Bible tells us that God placed eternity in the heart of every man. We're created to live forever in the kingdom of God. Uh, And Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will steal your identity. He'll kill your dreams. He'll destroy your life. And, you know, when people turn to Christ and place their faith in Jesus, uh, the, the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit moves in and takes up residency in our hearts. And that gives us the power to overcome. Uh, people so often tell me, you know, as a pastor, they'll say, well, as soon as I clean up my life, I'm going to come to Jesus. And I try to help them understand it's the opposite. It's backwards. It didn't work that way. You can't clean up your life. How's it working for you so far? You know, you need Jesus to help you clean up your life. So you give Jesus all the brokenness, the, the, the flaws, the failures, the disappointments, all of that stuff. And then he will come into your life and he'll fix it. So don't try to fix yourself up because you can't come to Jesus and he'll do it. Wow. <laughs> well, listen, um, this broadcast goes all over the world. So a lot of people are far away from Slidell. Are you, uh, can people watch it through online, through television or internet? Yeah, absolutely, Ron. So you can log on to newhorizonfamily.com, newhorizonfamily.com, and all of our messages are on there. You can click for years and watch all of the sermons and things like that and and be a part of what we're doing here. You can also find us on thebridge.fm for our radio station, thebridge.fm if you're out of our area. And uh, anything that we can do to help anybody out there, if they have questions, they can call or, or email us and we'll be happy to help. Anything for the kingdom. Amen. Wow. Pastor John, always, always a pleasure to visit and to talk with you. Thank you so much. And I have a feeling uh, you and I are going to have a few more conversations over the next year. Looking forward to it, Ron. I love you so much. Thanks for all you're doing for the kingdom, brother. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. There's something so relaxing about seeing the big willowy white sails of a sailboat gliding across the water. But woe to any boat whose rudder breaks. It's impossible to sail without a rudder to guide you. That's a feeling a lot of people know. Our lives seem rudderless, drifting without any real sense of direction. But that can change with Jesus at the helm. 
Learn more. Call 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us live at needhim.org. Well, friends, we did not get to this, but Pastor John did not win Survivor. In fact, he was one of the first ones voted out, but he had a great experience, just like the Jesus Revolution is a great experience. I really encourage you to watch that movie and then pray about what God would have you do, as Pastor John said, to revive yourself. I'm excited about the future, and I hope you are too, because God has a plan, and I think we're close to another Jesus revolution. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you that I love you, God loves you, and it's time to get the hell out of your life so you can experience a Jesus revolution. The Hell Out of Your Life is produced by Ron Myers Productions and is underwritten by the Christmas City Gift Show. We invite you to come shop with over 260 vendors from all over the United States, November 10th through the 12th, inside the Coast Convention Center, located on the beach in Biloxi, Mississippi. You can find more information at ChristmasCityGiftShow.com. If you would like to share your story of God's amazing grace or listen to previous episodes, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. Join us next week for another episode of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope.